WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it. Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. sounds so important. It was, I must say it was really impressive the way you fought off all those skeletons getting into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had Patrick Wayne's pectorals. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film sh- talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Soci. Makes me go faster. Um, the show is available as a podcast, also available on iTunes. We have a blog, which you can check out at filmsociology.tumblr.com. Yes, the man who's now has a website about his marriage that's <laughs> soon to be marriage. That's yes. Kobe Slagle. Hello, hello. And, and what's sitting, that website? Uh, that's kobeandbianca.com. Surprisingly, not already taken. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> we get we got in on the ground floor. Gotta, on this and, one. And Next year, someone in Kansas, you know, named Kobe <laughs> and the audience will be like, "Damn it!" Yeah, and uh, and you can see a picture of the wedding party, including the Robert Horry of the <laughs> wedding party. That would be yours truly. <laughs> I'm in the in the league, the wedding version of. He's you still in with- the league. As I oh, thank you. As, as I found out, I will be the 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 groomsman that looks at the wedding part at the guys at the bachelor party and saying things like, "You sure you want to do that? Are you really sure?" Yeah, laugh at me now, leaving at one a.m. See how you feel tomorrow. As long as you're not popping another cake, dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, the, uh, the you're already on your own website. No, at the, I'm trying to show. Uh, no, yes, you yes are. Yes and no. Those donors yes, aren't going to register reason. for themselves, you know. Yeah, to, to justify the existence, the picture does look like something for a romantic comedy po- movie poster. Yeah, so there's that. And uh, sitting in with me, Brian Hartz, who who also contributed, uh, well, not personally. That was actually Bernard Ehrman, who <laughs> who uh, brought us music for today. Tell us, tell tell the folks what you brought with with you. Why that's the uh, fine music of Mr. Bernard Herman for the film Jason and the Argonauts, uh, created by the great and now late Ray Harryhausen. So we have part of the reason why Brian's here is uh, to discuss the legacy of, of Ray Harryhausen, and I knew he would bring great music, so we appreciate that. No problem. All right. Ah, it's been a long day, folks. I'm not even going to get into... Long day. Long day. Long day. Long day for some, long for others. Uh, opening in theaters today, we have uh, a we have a film that's presented by Tyler Perry, but I think it's by name only, called Peoples, which is apparently an African-American version of Meet the Parents with uh, Craig Robinson and, uh, and David Allen Greer. We'll see about that. The Reluctant Fundamentalist, <laughs> the newest film from Mira Nair with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Kate Hudson is in that, so it can't be a bad romantic comedy despite the presence of Kate Hudson. But uh, but really, nobody wants to go up against the juggernaut that was supposed to come out in December. Yes. And now it's coming out now, and it's in 3D. And much to my surprise, Mr. Slagle and the future Mrs. Slagle are, are 98% of college men about, Stoked. about seeing this film. Yes. It is uh, Boz Larman's treatment of F. Scott Fitzgerald's great novel, The Great Gatsby. Here's some audio, folks. 
1922, the tempo of the city had changed sharply. The buildings were higher, the parties were bigger, the morals were looser and the liquor was cheaper. The restlessness approached hysteria. Shall we? Who is this Gatsby? Do you know him? War, oh, Mr. Gatsby doesn't exist. Gatsby? What Gatsby? I beg your pardon, Mr. Gatsby would like to speak to you, alone. I'm certainly glad to see you again. I'm certainly glad to see you as well. When I made the pleasure of Mr. Gatsby's acquaintance, I discovered a man of fine breathing. Very interesting. Everything all right? Oh, yes. You always look so cool. The man in the cool, beautiful shirt. She has to tell him she never loved him. I've just heard the most shocking thing. It all makes sense. Will you come once more? We need you. I wish we could just run away. Mr. Gatsby, sir. Not now. What kind of a row are you trying to cause in my house? One of the executive producers of this film is Jay-Z, and it shows in the party scenes um, and, and already in the music, as you can hear in the soundtrack. Um, I've, I have not jumped off the, the Baz Luhrmann bandwagon. I've actually been a fan of his because it's – this is, the, of course, the gentleman who gave us Strictly Ballroom, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, especially Moulin Rouge, which I'll go to in a little bit, Australia. I actually liked Australia despite it being very flawed and way too much use of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And, and I think what seems to happen with Larman is that it's just one or two things too many. If it was reared in just a little bit, you know, I think it would, I, I think it would be, he'd be even better than he is now. Um, the thing about Romeo and Juliet, I, and it's a, it's a special film for me because that's what Lynn and I, Mrs. Sosi and I, got to, one of the films we saw when we were dating. Ah. It was also one of those films that we realized we were the oldest people in the theater by far at that time. Maybe the only ones not impressed by DiCaprio and Claire Danes doing Shakespeare either. <laughs> um, I remember being more impressed with Danes. Uh, the the grown-ups, obviously, Pete Possaway and... John Leguizamo. Uh, well, that actually fit. So Because you have this frantic caffeinated energy especially in moulin rouge if oh, yeah. if, if everything you know anything that looks like a music video and, and when we sit on the front stoop mr slagle and pull up our black socks and add hey, a kids it's all editing it's all cut 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 larman's partly responsible for that not entirely but that caffeinated style of but there's something about him especially in moulin rouge where he just goes all out and everybody with him from Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, everybody and John Leguizamo as Toulouse Lautrec. Everybody involved goes with him. Would, oh, yeah. would jump off a cliff for him in that. And there's something to be said about that. I think uh, absolutely ensemble piece firing on all cylinders. Right, and that's what this is. And and Gatsby, I'll say the acting of of the of this film is grounded, and that's a compliment. It is not that frantic energy that Mulan and R&J at times had. Um, and I didn't watch the 1974 film version that Francis Coppola wrote that starred Robert Redford, or as Chris Lloyd of the Film Yap referred to it as, and I'm paraphrasing, a production design in search of a film. <laughs> I think you'd still be watching it now had you started it a couple of days ago. Right. And and also the fact that really all this over Mia Farrell, mm. not, 
not the best choice. And of course, the, the the other mistress is Karen Black. This this time around, we have Carrie Mulligan and Isla Fisher. That's a bit of an upgrade. We've upgraded. Yeah, we've upgraded a bit. Um, acting wise, very solid. I think DiCaprio is a fine choice. I think Tobey Maguire is a fine choice. I know people were making fun of him and his bug eyedness as uh, as everyone's favorite uh, witness. There's there's a the subplot, not really a subplot, but the sandwiching of of Nick's character. He at the beginning, and I'm not giving away anything. At the beginning and at the end of the, the beginning of the film, he is seeing a psychiatrist. He is uh, he's burnt out, and his doctor, Doctor Jack Thompson, because it's an Australian film. <laughs> always yes. great to see Jack Thompson, despite him not need not needed in this film at all. And basically, the doctor tells Nick to write everything down, and it kind of feels like when it's all said and done that he had banged out the great Gatsby in one night, like he's Bradley Cooper in Limitless, and that that was that was a turnoff. Um, and there's a lot of narration, which is fine, and there's but there's even moments of narration printed out on the screen to remind people this is based off a book. That sounds very Lerman-esque. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, it captures the 20s frantic energy, the decadence of the party. I don't think it's needed in 3D. Shocking there. Um, and, Kobe, you're going to save $4, apparently. Mm-hmm. We're going to save a lot of dollars because we're going to go early. Ah, you're going to hang out with the old and unemployed. <laughs> All the retired English teachers. Oh, go check it out. <laughs> oh that's good. Sharpening their knives in the theater. <laughs> um, but this is also, also, as I was watching this, it is a reminder that you can have a, a well-written novel and have characters that you don't care about whatsoever. And I ask, who who is prettier and pe- who is the prettier couple that you care less about, the the couple in Gatsby or the couple in the English Patient? I oh, see. I actually really like the English Patient. Did you really? Oh yeah. Boy, if he only had a phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he okay. only had a cell. <laughs> and and the fact that uh, I'm going to use a term that I use at summer camp uh, is actually also talking about Romeo and Juliet. You built something that looks a lot like Xanadu across the street. I'm sorry, across the pond from a woman you fell in love with five years ago. That's creepy stalker stuff. Yeah, it's 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 true. So here's a man who has everything except Daisy, and Daisy can't make up her mind. That's really the gist of of. This great story. It's 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 true. Well, I I, I I had to be honest. Sorry to all my English teachers and the English degree I earned from Indiana University. <laughs> Not a but fan. But I've never particularly cared for the Great Gatsby. It, uh, the the exploits of self-absorbed, fabulously wealthy people have never been terribly Boo-hoo. exciting to me. Which is why you, I also, you sound like Barton Fink. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know. <laughs> speaking of, do you want to see a wrestling picture? <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but I, I am I'm totally intrigued by the notion of the Lerman take on the 20s, because if there is anybody better to depict, and I mean this in the best way, you know, scenes of glitzy, orgiastic, but ultimately empty uh, decadence, it's Baz Luhrmann. That, that's here. That, and that is there. That is there. I think, you know, it's it's very obviously very visual, um, but when it's all, actually, that's a, that's a good way of describing it. When it's all said and done, it's kind of hollow. And that is... And do you do you fault the filmmaker or do you fault the source? Well, I mean, the book is ultimately about ennui, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about all this all this kerfuffle, all this sound and fury signifying nothing, uh, and you know the empty soul of a of a character that nobody ever knew. And there there are times I, I was joking earlier about Jay Z's involvement. There are times that it it feels like I think obviously they're trying to make Gatsby into a celebrity. You know, somebody who's famous for nothing. I, I remember one of the things I jotted down while watching it is, if he were alive today, he'd have his own series on Bravo. The real, the real millionaires of Long Island, not the Real Housewives of South Boston. That's that's no, that's totally different. Totally different, <laughs> and and highly recommend you watch that on YouTube, but not at work. Um, there is that, and and we we were hearing how he has everything, and I said to Kobe, he doesn't really have everything. He doesn't have a framed poster of Scarface. No, that's how his, you know on his mansion. It. That's how you know when you've made it. So it's like <laughs> it's like F. Scott Fitzgerald's cribs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's so I would say, and and I know Kobe and Bianca are stoked about seeing it, and and you have not seen any film version of Gatsby. Mm. You've not seen the Redford. old one in high school after we read the book. You did see Robert Redford's read, version, but you yes. don't remember it. Yes, no. Okay. No, no, no. And then there's still one. Actually, we'd like to see the one that was made for cable with Paul Rudd 
and Mira Sorvino. Didn't see that one. I yeah. know that Alan Ladd made a version at some point. That was back in the 40s, yeah, I think. Yeah. So, so anyway, Kobe, I believe you are what you and your lovely fiance are what Warner Brothers they're they're looking for you. Yeah. So, and they will find you apparently this weekend. Yes. So, um, but overall, yeah, looks great. Hollow story, and, and but I guess if you're aware of that, it won't be that big of a disappointment. You're gonna go anyway. I already went. Right, but oh, you're looking pe- in general. People. Yes. Are we doing we again? Yeah. Are we? We. <laughs> I. The royal we. <laughs> do we have? Do we have otters? Resp- the um, response at otter. I think that's. A- oh, you had something else picked out. I yeah, I had something else. Picked oh really? Out, I can't. Um, well, what did you think? Don't I- flatter yourself. It wasn't that great. There we go. No, it really wasn't. What did you have picked out? You're so smart. No, he doesn't get tortured, and the beaver's not Jewish. So okay. Um. However, I'll, I'll see it anyway. All right. However, <laughs> um, see it. Anyway. No, he he doesn't get tortured, <laughs> and there's no beaver in this film. And this this part of New York was probably restricted anyway. <laughs> oh, by the way, one character. Oh, what about Wolfshine? As a um, played by an Indian actor. Interesting. Because it's Baz Larman. Or wow. I, no, no, I should say, I, I I I'm sorry. I should. He could be. I, I would have to check. Could be Indian. Could be Aborigin. Aborigine. Aboriginal, Aboriginal, yeah. Aboriginal. So. Oh gosh, we're we're sorry. Um, so yeah, that's and that's opening. That's really nothing else is going up against that except for the Tyler Perry movie. That, that y'all love it, so uh, y'all. Yeah. Um, also happening. Today's what the tenth? Yes. So tomorrow at nine p.m. at White River State Park at the Celebration Plaza. Popped Up Cinema, Tiny, a story about living small... Yes, I'm reading from Nouveau. Um, this is, of course, opening festivities for the Cultural Trail, which uh, the closeout event is at 9 o'clock tomorrow with uh, a documentary about a couple's attempt to build a tiny house from scratch. Tonight at 7.30 at Indie Reads Books. Hi, Travis. Hi, Elizabeth. Um, a film to decrease world suck, a the Nerd Fighters documentary. Documentary about the indie-based best-selling author John Green. Not that John Green. The other John <laughs> Green. Hello, theater people. Uh, and his echo-friendly brother, Hank, makes its indie premiere Friday. The Green brothers have benevolently inspired a legion of online fans or nerd fighters to do good or, quote, decrease world suck. Now, it would be cool if former Butler drama chair John Green did have a brother named Hank. That would be interesting. But I don't think that's possible. And when they say nerd fighters, are they nerds who are fighters or people who fight nerds? Ah. One way of finding out to go check it out. <laughs> and then uh, at the Indie Fringe Bastille Theater on May 14th, Reveal the Path. Two screenings of the mountain bike documentary as a fundraiser for IndyCog. The uh, film follows bikers on a 36-day trip across four continents with rides through Scotland, Nepal, and Morocco. I sure hope they had a steady cam. <laughs> no, it's David Lean waiting for the proper light <laughs> and it's when it's all said and done. Marie Jarre's score and Alec Guinness nice. playing all four nationalities. <laughs> Kobe, what are things have? What are things going on? What are things going on? At what things own? are going on? Yeah, that too. I've been up since two thirty on and off, as you know. Um, no, you don't. Well, what's happening at IU? Uh, nothing this weekend. Graduation, isn't it? Oh yes. It's oh yeah. The, there's the crazy that. college that's kids are graduating, going on. and they're going to meet. That's at, why there's no. And then, IU and then they're going to meet at St. Elmo's Fire. And also nothing going on at the IMA in their film series. But but, but we should remind people of a couple of events. Um, we have the Midnight Movies. Yes. That's coming up at the end of May, so mark yes. your calendars. Leading off with Anchorman, May 31st and June 1st, I believe it is. That's true. Yes. Followed by? Followed by, oh man, I don't know. I have to. Uh, it's actually there. The Room. That's the next week? No, oh. that's a few weeks after that. Well, then prove me wrong. Okay. Uh, while you're doing that, next week's show, ladies and gentlemen, you'll hear my exclusive interview, because I don't think anybody else has talked to him, and that's okay, with uh, Jason Mewes, because Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith are going to be back in Indianapolis May 20th, Clues Memorial Hall, for Jay and Silent Bob's Super Groovy Cartoon Movie. There will be a screening of this, followed by a, it was a as they refer to it, rip-roaring podcast Q&A. I use Rip Roaring when describing work here on Fridays, so that should be fun. Clearly, you should see what's going on downstairs. Most most definitely. So, uh, And this is one where the podcast Q&A will, will be longer than the actual film itself. So uh, anyway, <laughs> a chat, my chat with Jason Mewes will air on next week's show. 
May 31st and June 1st, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. June 7th and 8th, Willow, starring Val ah. Kilmer and Warwick Davis. June 14th <clears throat> right. and 15th, The Room. June 21st and 22nd, Pulp Fiction. 28th and 29th, Spice World. It's a pretty good June. That's a that's a that's, that's a, a rock really solid. Random <laughs> <story>. <laughs> I know, isn't it? That's I mean, and then let's let's double check the uh, the IMA summer concert or summer concert summer movie series. Let's see. I um, to find commonality between all four of those movies. Here I would go. be at three of those, hopefully. <laughs> June fourteenth, Jurassic Park. Twenty first, Dirty Dancing. Jarrett's favorite. Um, <laughs> June twenty eighth, Animal House. Ooh. July fifth, Raiders. A Lost Ark. Yep. Uh, July 12th, King and I. Ooh. Uh, July 19th, The Exorcist. 26th, Notorious. Nice. Something About Mary on August 2nd. Hoosiers on the 9th. The Big Sleep on the 16th. Rushmore, August 23rd. And a John Hughes vote on August 30th. Do it we is have between. To? I don't know. Can, can it's I... it's going to be between The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, or 16 Candles. And that's on August 30th. Um. If yeah. I had to, like, do we have a gun to our head? <laughs> um, Sixteen candles, I guess, by default. I'd still probably lean toward Breakfast Club, but that's just me. Because we all wish, because you know, Monday they're just beating the, cra- the bullies, beating the crap out of the geek, and yeah. everything's back to normal. I'm sorry, I'm sick. What What does I, my I, cup say, Kobe? Your cup says. You drink your haterade. I and do you drink my hater. Being a hater. Yeah, sorry. I was I, I was I was John Hughes' target audience, and I'm like, no, sorry. Well, <laughs> all right then. <laughs> sorry, I don't know. Um, all right, so what what else is happening the rest of the summer at? Uh, so after after uh, after Spice World on the 28th and 29th of June, but we should ironically go to that. <laughs> Let's go there ironically. Um, <laughs> you know, we should we should all have a shirt I R O. July 5th and 6th, Miami Connection. You gotta check on that one. Okay. Yeah. July 12th and 13th, the indie theatrical premiere of VHS 2. You are so not there. Nope. <laughs> July 19th and 20th, Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan. That, I wish we could do a remote from that. that and would be awesome. Yeah. 26th and 27th, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I might be training uh, Emma. Emma wants to go to a midnight. She wanted to go to Beetlejuice last year. And, of course, being... Pop culture Atticus Finch. Who? Emma. No. See what? Beetlejuice. See what? Oh, shut up. Candyman, dork. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say I don't see teenage Winona Ryder around here. He's going to uh, be pretty quiet during the Ray Harryhausen conversation, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Um, <laughs> nope. It's from the 50s, because you know what? 50s, way different times. Way, oh yeah. You yearn for the 70s yeah, after you, the 50s. You, you want to talk about different times, let's talk about the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. But no, Emma wanted to see Beetlejuice at midnight. And I was like, honey, I don't, because I, I, I have the image of, you know, buying a ticket and then 1230, I look over and she's dead asleep. So so I said, you can you can go to a midnight movie if you can watch a movie at midnight at home uh-huh. first. <laughs> first. So so I'm trying to find a movie that would you know really test her, like Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> you, you can stay up till 3:40 a.m. You, you, you could cook her breakfast when it's all done. Exactly. So so no, we will anyway. Um, actually, Lynn, Lynn, my my wife, my lovely wife, who you know midnight movies are not her bag, but she she did uh, verbal some interest about Priscilla. So nice. she verbaled some she, of interest. She did. So we might. You might have to. Oh, oh my God, Kobe! What we could double, oh. or Brian, we could triple. We'll, we'll wait for it, because <laughs> <laughs> then Monica could go to work. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> go baking straight to work. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we will talk about what is new on DVD and Blu-ray, and talk about Ray Harryhausen, among others. You're listening to the Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org.
any good? Sir? What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Well, have you heard anything about either one of them? I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So, do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Just go, just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster Video! Wow, what a difference! Well, in case you didn't see it, here it is again. <laughs> you added that. <laughs> oh, man. It makes it. We it have, makes we have, that we have bit. Kevin Smith. A film by Kevin Smith, Wesley Willis, and Tyler Hansborough all mesh <laughs> in the once I love this show. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI, HD2 The Point, and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org, also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Soce, hanging out with Kobe Slager, who's texting during the show. My God. <laughs> Seriously, are you texting Bianca about the movie show? No. Even worse. <laughs> At least, you know, Matt's still waiting for a response about uh, Twilight snub by the MTV Movie Awards. Nobody cares. Um, and hanging out with Brian Hartz. Yep. Plug your plug your blog. Uh, my blog is uh, called cinematicmusic.blogspot.com. And wh- what is uh, <laughs> what is happening there? Did you do something uh, uh, Harryhausen involved? You no, know, I, I haven't had the chance this okay. week. It's, it's been a little rough. But, you uh, you've you've also been in post extremities cool down. Yes, indeed. Yes. You, Not to be confused with the cool down. Close cool down. Saturday nights at seven on HD two. So you did the sound design for that, right? I did. Yes, uh, a great production directed by Doug Powers at Spotlight Players in Beach Grove. Uh, Not nice, the nice, not the date play of the year. No, no, no. Nice, nice, light, uh, funny uh, little story of uh, rape and revenge. Rape and yes, no, so. but. <laughs> Riveting, great performances, and I was lucky enough to do the sound design. What what exactly did you do? What could you tell us some of the sound sound designs that you did? Oh uh, well, uh, uh, mashing up a whole lot of different uh, sources of uh, really dissonant chamber music. So, oh, so it's Sunday night programming. Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Hello, space travelers. <laughs> not not quite that out there. Oh okay, but, uh, all right. So un- unnerving. A lot of people compared it to uh, say Psycho. Did you? And by the way, speaking of Bernard Herman, speaking of Bernard yeah. Herman, and total total nerd thing, big kudos to Google. Oh, yesterday yes. was it yesterday? The yesterday, Saul Bass tribute. a Saul Bass tribute to to uh, on on Google, which had, if I remember, I, can't, I know I'm not going to name all of them, but Psycho, North by Northwest, Around the World in 80 Days, uh, Man, Man with, with Golden, Golden Arm, Arm uh, Anatomy of a Murder, yeah, Anatomy of a Murder, yeah. <laughs> Um, great, great stuff. That Anatomy Murder has been mentioned twice in two weeks now in film sociology. That's the type of program this is. <laughs> Among, it's a real show, said <laughs> Elmore Leonard. It's terrific. It's yes. a real program. Thank you, Dutch. <laughs> um, and I remember showing Emma, again, Pop Culture Atticus, um, didn't show her Anatomy of a Murder, would like to, great film, but showed her the, the, uh, the opening credits with the Saul Bassett. Nice. Which is great, great nice. stuff. So Yeah, they, 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 they don't make them like him anymore. No, they don't. Or Ray Harryhausen, which we'll get to absolutely in a little bit. Um, I had to share this, not all of it, but my 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 beloved daughter Emma. And by the way, thank you to folks who came out to going going on last week at the Fringe. That was a lot of fun. And apparently, you can read an article in Monday's Richmond Palladium item, and there's a link to it on Twitter at WFYI. You don't have to read it now. Speaking of shows, I sound designed. <laughs> going, going, gone. Yeah. Oh, nice. All that music you hear about the auction sounds, you know, ah, you know before the show. Thank you for that. Um, but, but it was the fact that the three of us got to work together for the first time, and Lynn had had previously directed Lysistrata at Earlham, which was a play that my my beloved daughter uh, did not want to go see because of the subject matter. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I, I can imagine. She's 11. She's a girl. And it was inevitable. And I felt kind of bad because she has seen so many plays n- not geared toward the kids. And, and actually doing a, a, a play or two, like Wait Until Dark and 
and watching mommy do uh, Hamlet and King Lear and seeing our friends do Macbeth. So I thought, oh, you're fine. Okay, she won't see it. That being, <laughs> that being said, in the May 3rd issue of The Onion, family watching movie White Knuckles it through unexpected sex scene. <laughs> Dateline, Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, a routine Schaefer family movie night took a sudden and deeply uncomfortable turn Thursday when the family of four was forced to white-knuckle its way through an unexpected sex scene, household sources confirmed. <laughs> According to reports, an intense awkwardness descended upon the Schaefer's living room when, approximately 75 minutes into a PG-13 action-adventure thriller they had been enjoying, a brief scene of sexual content appeared, leaving the parents and their two school-aged children with no choice but to sit there and plow through it. <laughs> yeah. Remember a couple of nights like that? With your folks? Yeah, back in the back in the early 90s. <laughs> what, what? Do you remember anything specific? Oh, uh... I think I actually suppressed the memories. <laughs> it's just... not your fault. Thank you. I, it's I, I not your fault. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Kobe, you ever have that moment with your folks? Probably, Probably but or, I can't. Or, or even better, Bianca's folks. Sosie made me watch this. Off the top of my head, I can't think. I can't either. My Because my mother... Oh, it's funny. My my mother didn't like watching films with my father and I, especially comedies, because we laughed. You're not, apparently you not, can't. You're not supposed to laugh. Well, and she misses the the throwaway lines right after the the bit. Oh, so I tried to rewind ex- it. I tried explaining that. Well, spent, no, not in a theater, but oh, yeah, a movie. Def- yeah, and, and there was a lot of a lot of uh, Betamax and then later VHS rewinding that took forever <laughs> with nasty looks and. Yeah, that wasn't. No, I, I never, and I never had that with my dad. Of course, I never, I was, I never went through a latency period, so this was not. I wasn't uncomfortable. There you go. That was fine. <sighs> so there's that. Okay. New on DVD and Blu-ray this week. There were only three titles because I looked, and and there's a lot of old titles. Apparently, it's Warner Brothers' turn this week to open up the vaults. But uh, but one of the films to open up in December and then turned out to do surprisingly well. Not enough to make a sequel, but that's okay. But uh, and 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 Kobe and I were discussing. Dare we bring up the P word to this film, the Tom Cruise action film, the Tom Cruise action pot boiler, <laughs> Jack Reacher, <laughs> written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who of course gave us uh, the screenplay, the Academy Award-winning screenplay for The Usual Suspects. And uh, well, it's it's and and I've been told by people, um, Cruise is terribly miscast. He's way too short for Jack Reacher, but he's a uh, uh, cop agent bad bad mofro who uh is investigating an assassinate what appeared to be a random shooting in pittsburgh i did not see taylor lautner there with his uh clemente jersey wait a minute okay go back to this he cruise is too short for jack reacher yes apparently i think it's based on a graphic novel no no okay. it's a series of novels oh, i'm actually. sorry a series yes. of novels i stand corrected my father-in-law is a big fan of them oh yes he's apparently too short and too scientology to be uh <laughs> to be the action hero I, I'm just, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know where what that was based. Well, he's on. Well, my height, so apparently there's some short isms when it comes to action heroes. I didn't know that Jack Reacher was a series of of novels know. and. Yes. Or, you just thought pages. it was a, no. He's too. He's too you short. Just, you just thought it was a Tom Cruise it. pot boiler, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, I mean, and that that's that's one of the difficult. I, I I'm I'm at a loss to understand this recent spate of movies, you know, based on popular book series that just feature the title of the main character, like. Ah. like Alex Cross, or Jack well, Reacher, they had already John Carter. They had already made a few. Well, I'm sorry, they didn't want to call it John Carter on Mars because apparently movies about Mars don't make money. Well, neither did that one. Yeah, so, well, and Alex Cross apparently, again, like like uh, Jack Ryan, apparently each actor makes the character younger. First we had Morgan Freeman, now we have. So apparently Jaden Smith will be playing Alex Cross sometime oh, soon. Good. All right. Just like we <laughs> went from uh, we went from Alec Baldwin to Harrison Ford to Ben Affleck and. I don't know who's going to – the joke so at the so time – So we're going to see Zac Efron playing <laughs> Philip Marlowe sometime soon? <laughs> don't, don't, don't give him any ideas. We don't want that. So Cruz – anyway, Cruz is investigating these series of assassinations, and there's some – and McQuarrie as a director and as a writer um, has, has given us some, some cool fight scenes, some cool moments. It's a good renter. And if anything else, I, I, I want you to see this because there are three – I'll be at brief scenes, and I probably, if there were more, I guess there would be too many, 
but I really enjoyed seeing Werner Herzog as a villain. The man should just do voiceover work for WFYI and this film show. I can, I can, I can see that. And it, it's kind of. A, I remember seeing the trailer and and thinking he didn't direct it. Oh, he's in it. Ooh, <laughs> yes. I actually did make that noise when I when I heard him. I in didn't the trailer. know about that. I just figured it was another thing about Tom Cruise punching people. No, no. It was there. There's slightly more. You have you have three scenes with Werner Herzog. I think that's worth a rental, especially if your rentals are a buck or so at certain. Uh, Growths hanging, hanging hanging off the ends of grocery stores and gas stations, <laughs> um, but now I'm not I'm not playing a clip from the film, but it was a blatant excuse for me to play this. Oh, no. I thought you were going to the. <clears throat> I I I was. We talked about playing the sound. old dream of flying was realized for the first time in the late 18th century. And like a fever dream of the ensuing mechanical age, engineers devised all manner of motorized contraptions. Some of them imitated the flight of birds. That did not go anywhere. But bold aviators had more practical dreams. They would fly machines that today are known as aeroplanes. Some of them resembled boats with wings. They were fragile and often things went wrong. Aviation had its early disappointments and groundings, but that did not deter others from pursuing the great purpose. But what to do with passengers? Were these planes powerful enough to carry people, and if so, where to tuck them away? Not much later, stronger engines allowed for greater payload, and planes were built like taxis. See, we need more Werner Herzog on the radio. <laughs> I wish he could do sh- he could do some readings at Iris, <laughs> Indiana Information Reading Services. <laughs> Indiana Reading and Information Services, read by Werner Herzog, would the, be... The Indiana Bus- Indianapolis Business Journal, read by Werner Herzog. That would be amazing. So, anybody who knows Werner Herzog, please... Company stock took a beating this week. <laughs> As we were saying off camera, off mic, I want a production meeting between Werner Herzog and Brian's favorite composer, Hans Zimmer. It would just be... Now, Werner, I've, I've come up with this idea that, that we, we, we put 23 bassoons in a wood chipper. <laughs> no, six. Not 23. Slow it down. <laughs> hey, guys, what are you doing? Yeah, and Schwarzenegger shows up. So am here for my audition. We have the Bavarian-Austrian connection <laughs> right there. <clears throat> so anyway, no, Jack Reacher, definitely worth renting. If anything, for just to hear that voice, it's really cool. Yes, also out on DVD and Blu-ray this week, This is, I have the mantra, I see films so you don't have to. And, uh, and, and that, happened, that happened Wednesday. <laughs> that happened Wednesday. Would you like to talk about this? Yeah, I would like to talk about this. I rented for this show, not for you, not for you, not for anybody, but for this show, I rented Safe Haven. 
the latest um, Nicholas Sparks yes. novel. Okay. <clears throat> with oh, Julianne yes. Hoff and the um, oh, that's terrible the guy who hosted the MT the, the no the Kids Choice Awards this year. Uh, I'm afraid I missed those. That's mm, okay. Yes. yes, this is this was a this was based on a Nicholas Sparks novel. Produced by Nicholas Sparks, but he did not do the screenplay. He moved that along to somebody else. So, like an actual writer. I well, Kobe, why don't you uh, why don't you pull up the IMDb for uh, Safe Haven, please? Okay. First off, we have Julianne Huff, who I am a pig. That um, that at least at the very least, you could watch that on mute. Uh, uh, fair enough. Yeah, she's she, most famous for dancing with Elio Castro Neves, right? Well, and Rock of Ages, and the, there was a remake of Footloose. Ah. Skip that one. Skip both of them, huh? Yeah, I think so. That's okay. Yeah. Who's the? Oh, wait, Speaking sc- of Tom Cruise, sc- yeah, he's actually the best part of uh, of Rock of Ages. Um, who's the guy at the top of the lead? That's um, Josh Duhamel. Yes, Josh Duhamel. So Emma knows him as the guy who hosted the Kids Award Show. Why okay. they asked him, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, she weird. she's on the run. She uh, she may or may not be accused of murder in Boston, not South Boston, but she runs down to. You know, the Carolina slash Georgia coast, which makes Nicholas Sparks, they treat him like the man who would be king. Kind of like Redford in Montana. <clears throat> you know, gorgeous. Or Ted Turner. Or Ted Turner, you're right. So, and of course, she she comes across a, a widower with two very cute kids, and she's going to start her life over, except that there's a there's a Boston cop that's looking 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 for her with, with Tommy Lee Jones intensity, but not any of the craft of Mr. Oh, Jones. I see. So who does play this? Uh, I forget who plays. I don't know. I, David Lyons is it? Tim Parati? Is he, it John he usually. Kohler? I think the character name would have a a title, a police uh, officer title in front of it. Maybe Junior Detective Ramirez. No, it's not Junior Detective Ramirez. No. Anyway, <laughs> so you know, boy meets girl, and a uh, girl has a secret, and boy has two kids, and she's wanting to start over. But the but there and there's a couple of plot twists that I don't want to give away because I don't want to be that guy. It's still fairly you know once it's been out for a few months, I'll give it away. But you know. But if you, if you if, can remember it by then. Right. If, if you don't know the ending to, you know, Soylent Green or Murder on Your Express by now, I'm sorry. I can't, you, you know, deal with it. But uh, but it's about having second chances. and Wait, me... so, so you mean they eat people? No, oh, and it's, it's not alive or Soylent oh, Green. Right, okay. But uh, it's, it's just very eye-rolling. It's also an art film. It's not an art <laughs> film. It's stop that. It's not an art film. It's it's very very sappy. You could you could feed this film to diabetics when they go into shock. So, um, but there there is but there is you ever this is a film which the very first opening scene there is a moment that makes me scream shenanigans on it, and I will tell you what I'll tell you what happens. The problem with this tearjerker no. is that my my tears were not jerked. No, they were not. They were not at all. And uh, but she's on the run. She she runs into a Boston bus station, and she hops onto a bus. And then the cop, you know, is about two minutes behind, and he starts to pull over individual buses. I think I think Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive would have stopped all, all of the buses. buses. <laughs> yeah, not just one. So then we have this inside the bus camera shot of Julianne Hough sitting there being worried, and, and of course, the cop pulled over the wrong bus, and she gets to head down to Georgia. Worst film you ever saw. Well, my next one will be better. It, it's it's not the worst. It's I don't even know if it's... I, I don't, I don't want to make a chart of all the Nicholas Sparks novels made in the films. I don't... I'm not ready, unless you pay me a lot of money, to start to go back to uh, Nights at Rodanthe and The Notebook and Message in a Bottle. And... I'm just saying... It's it's snoozable. But, but here's the other frustrating part of the biz. Do you know who directed this? Lasse Holmstrom. This is wow. his second Nicholas Sparks story. He did Dear John with Amanda Siegfried and Channing Tatum. Wow. So I'm really hoping, because this is the man who once gave us What's Eating Gilbert Grape and My Life is a Dog and Chocolat, which I actually liked, and The Cider House Rules. And, and I'm hoping he's collecting all of this Hollywood money to make some big personal project. I It, it could be extra self-indulgent, so long as I don't have to see him make any more Nicholas Sparks novels again. That, 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 that sounds fine to me. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's stupid. Oh, did, my did, wife wanted to go. That was almost like we're going to Marion County Court and filing divorce papers. Well, it's that's a good transition, Kobe, because this is a film that I would be intrigued to see what the Shabazzes have to say. It's it's the thriller, <laughs> it's the thriller Mama, 
and which turned out to be surprisingly uh... well at the box. <laughs> yes, you're not seeing it, nope. Kobe. Nope. No nope, interest. Nope, nope. It's a PG-13 thriller. Is that doing anything for you? Mm, nope. Don't care. And and generally, care. I I'm I'm one of those snarky people that uh, compares PG-13 thrillers to sugar-free ice cream. Kind of what's the point? But um, and I know Chris Lloyd of the Film Yap, if you check out his blog, um, makes an exception in this case. It's it also intrigued me because it starred Jessica Chastain, who's been on a hot streak recently. Uh, name a film she hasn't been in recently. <laughs> exactly. So she's 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 been doing very well for herself, and I'm, I'm sure very smartly taps into the horror market so she can get a new audience. And this one, it's. Mm, you have two kids who have been abandoned. Um, there was, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to reveal too much about this, but Dad basically kills himself in the same uh, wooded cottage. He's on the run. He's committed some form of white collar crime. And, and being chased by a cop from Boston. Not chased by a cop by Boston or Tommy Lee Jones, um, <laughs> or January Jones. But um, <laughs> now that would be a movie. But that's I didn't make that, or they didn't make this. But uh, Dad kills himself. Two children, two girls, uh, wind up living in the woods for many, many years and are presumed dead. And the uncle, uh, with his, uh, who's a musician, with his musician girlfriend, played by Jessica Chastain, uh, they they find them, they bring them to the hospital. So it, it kind of looks like a supernatural version of Nell. You know, they've been living in the woods by themselves <laughs> for a long time and they can't speak all that good or well. And Right, yeah, and no, no Liam Neeson, but uh, but then they, the uncle and uncle's girlfriend decide to bring the child to their house. Grandma's got some issues about that, and then uncle suffers a, an injury. Was it an accident or wasn't it? And Jessica Chastain then has to carry the matriarch title and raise the two kids. Who, and it's there's a lots of different elements. There's the the spooky house. There's a, is it a ghost that's you know is it the ghost of their mom or the ghost of their past? Are they possessed? Is it live? Is it Memorex? You know, is it or is this an elaborate ruse? Uh, that, just you weird know, feral kids from the woods, right? Or weird kids from the woods. So it's got all of these elements that keeps throwing things at you and it keeps you guessing. So I suppose it's supposed to. I I, I guess the film is supposed to do that. I didn't really care, but <laughs> once. <laughs> but but Chastain's fine and once you get to the end of it which of course I do not want to reveal it it does wrap itself up pretty well I, but I of course then I would want a 70 minute version of this as opposed to a 100 minute version of this film so uh no there's there's a creepy psychiatrist who may or may not have it so there I mean they're pretty it's a gumbo of horror genres from the last 10 years that they just throw at you, and it, it and it feels a little mishmash, but the ending almost saves it. But so, I guess it's a rental if you're going to a, an appendage box. Or maybe like um, it, it's a nice way to spend two hours in a movie theater that you won't wish you got back. Only it's an hour forty, and it's at home. There so you, you were go. you were mid question, Brian. Sorry. Well, no, no. I just uh, wanted to know which seventy minutes we should watch, or maybe they should go to the blog for that. Ah, so, yes. No, 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 no. That's fine because that's like when when uh, Jeffrey Jones and Amadeus says too many notes, and Tom Hull says, "Well, what notes should I remove?" <laughs> Fair enough. It's really easy for us critics to say, "Ah, you could snip twenty minutes out of that." I don't have an the middle. There. How about the middle 30 okay. minutes somewhere? Okay. Out, somewhere out there, I know there are 30 minutes that could be snipped <laughs> right from there, that. Right there, Clark. So, okay. That's the, that's the spot I'm talking about. Lots that's of, the edit right there. How are we on time, Code? We all right? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Lots of... Thank you, <laughs> smart Alec. Lots of titles on Blu-ray. I'm just going to plow... They're, they're, Warner Brothers has something out called Steelbook. Do we know what this is? Uh, yes, they what? are, uh, they're snap cases that are literally steel. And that's oh, well, I'm not plowing through. They put out about 40 old titles on Steelbook. I'm yeah. not going through those. Um, they're re-releases. Yeah, they're re-releases. So it's just a way to, to sucker more money out of, uh, film collectors. Well, well I'm not going to do that. So I'm not, and I'm not going to help them this week. So, however, <laughs> however, some, some other Blu-ray title, The Great Escape, you need, you Solid. need, you need to add that title. Cool. When, you're, when you're done, when you're done with the titles I've already given you, and I think I'll throw this one to Fair Sweet Bianca to make you watch. See, he's oh, he's he's grinning because I I told him Doug Jones was in your chair uh, last week, and uh, we were talking about somewhere in time that nice. uh, that I think that needs to be added to your because that was the Notebook of its day. That was the Notebook of 1980, big I'm, time. The Notebook of 1982 
an officer and a gentleman. Ha, indeed. But Lou Gossett Jr. won Best Supporting Actor for that and well-deserved as a drill sergeant. Wow, that'd be some good filming there, Mr. Sosie. <laughs> it kind of was. And and if anything, you'll love Lou Gossett Jr. in this. There are some lines in this film that you would uh, later hear from Arlie Emery, who said them in real life, in Full Metal Jacket. But it's a dynamic performance and a Very pretty good, yeah, frightened performance <laughs> in a pretty good chick flick, whatever that means. Face Off is out on Blu-ray. I thought it already was. Um, 20th Century Fox is re-releasing One Hour Photo and The Verdict, which I still think is Paul Newman's best work. One Hour Photo. Could, could a, a movie possibly have become so dated so quickly? Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the Net. Ooh. Yeah, so oh, despite yeah. that was dated when it despite Sandra the Bullock in a bikini and a laptop, yeah. um, Jesus Christ Superstar, the Criterion put out uh, the Godard film Band of Outsiders, uh, in the name of the Father, which introduced the the rest of the world to Pete Possewaite. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> run, God, who wants Runaway Runaway Bride on Blu-ray? Don't don't add that to the list, Kobe. I'll make you I'll make you watch Somewhere in Time and an Officer and Gentleman, but not 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 that. Uh, the 60th anniversary of Viva Zapata. With Marlon Brando nice. as Zapata, and also known as Burt Reynolds' future facial inspiration. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, also Hitchcock's Saboteur, Pillow Talk, and Sparkle are all out on Blu-ray. All right, I do we? Saboteur was already out. It, it probably was. They probably re-released. It's, it's not a steelbook. It's part of the collection. <laughs> yeah, so that's not. A, it's an. Ind- you can get it individually in case you don't oh, want I the see. other Hitchcock films. Oh. Okay. What? Wow. So, do we have? Do we have the uh, the intro? Doing our uh, the annual show of uh, dead people we like. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a pretty big one this we week. We don't yeah. have time for dead people we don't like. Yes, and it's a, it is actually a big one it this week. One. Ray Harryhausen, the sound visual effects wizard. You might call him a titan, even. Oh jeez. <laughs> Oh, uh, you had to you had to go. Oh, by the way, that the the remake Clash of Titans now is Steelbook Blu-ray. If you want that, nobody wants that. No. Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson don't even want that. Well, they they want the paycheck. Yeah, they do want the paycheck. So I, I would say I, I can just rattle off some of these titles. But Brian, your your words and uh, about the cinematic impact of one Ray Harryhausen. Well, he was uh, a unique figure, and he's sort of a, a bridge to the very earliest days of uh, of film history and an inspiration right up to the moment. I mean, he he got his start watching King Kong, and then later got to work with Willis O'Brien, the originator of King Kong, on Mighty Joe Young. So he ended up working, uh, you know, directly with the the originator of some of the you know great special effects techniques. Uh, the stop motion uh, you know, uh, of the, the 20th century, and in turn, turning around and inspiring an entire generation of people. Without uh, without Harryhausen, there's no Phil Tippett, there's no Stan Winston, there's no Henry Selleck, John Landis, uh, Joe Dante, certainly Spielberg and Lucas, even uh, all the way up to... Any know, any special effects-oriented director of any kind. Absolutely. So here here's some of these. Yeah, as you mentioned, Mighty Joe Young. It came from beneath the sea, 20 million miles of Earth, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Three Worlds of Gulliver, The Animal World, Mysterious Island, Jason and the Argonauts. Which, first, which Tom, Tom, Tom Hanks pronounced the greatest film ever made. Really? <laughs> Jason and the Argonauts? Well, when they were uh, doing the Harryhausen tribute at the Oscars back in 1992. Very good. Tom, Tom Very good. Um, first Man on the Moon. Okay, here's an easy punchline. Special visual effects creator for one million years BC. So he created Raquel Welch for us. Thanks. That was a, an amazingly life-life-like puppet circuit. Yeah, the Valley of Guanji. Guanji? No, Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. Featuring Jane Seymour, also featured in somewhere. Yes, and Clash of the Titans. The original weird Clash of the Titans with Lawrence Olivier picking up a check and... Oh man! So and, and uh, young Maggie Smith, young well. Maggie Smith, fairly young Maggie Smith. So anyway, but yeah, it, it, go look up Ray Harryhausen, and and at the very least, there's a very cool nod to him in Monsters Inc. Absolutely, it's it's very very cool, and yeah, it is one of those that makes the the random nerd just laugh out loud if even if the parents and the kids don't get it, and Indeed. that's okay. Yes. So thank Do you. Do yourself a favor. Go check out one of those movies, handcrafted wizardry. <laughs> it's just good, clean and fun. and I want an army of skeletons well, with I, swords. Yeah, who doesn't? Hard to kill them. So, <laughs> okay. So we also move on to uh, director Brian Forbes, who uh, most notably directed the original Stepford Wives, yeah. but did lots of other did lots of movies and screenplays and. Uh, it's um, not related to Malcolm. 
not related to Malcolm, but he also did uh, King Rat, Deadfall, Mad Woman of Shalott, with the one with uh, Catherine Hepburn, um, International Velvet, which I actually saw on cable a couple of weeks ago, Tatum O'Neill, and Anthony Hopkins, 1978. Wow. Uh, Mike Gray, who is best known for doing the screenplay to The China Syndrome back in 1979. Yeah. And I always remember, because that film opened... I think two or three weeks after Three Mile Island. Yep. Some great <laughs> unintentional publicity for that. And it's an excellent film. Yeah. Jane Fonda, Michael Douglas, Jack Lemmon's great in it as a, a cover-up for a, a nuclear fallout and an accident happening at the nuclear power plant. Almost as eerie timing as the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> yes, exactly. He also did the screenplay for Chuck Norris's best film, Code of Silence. Directed by Andrew Davis, who later gave I us the Fugitive. Lone Wolf McQuaid, man. Oh, that's that's a double feature. Uh, that's yeah, because you have the Wrath of Khan acting of Norris versus Carradine. That's a that's that's a heavyweight battle right there. You have you have Shatner versus Montalban, and then the the second main event, the undercard. You have you have Carradine versus Norris. That's that's amazing. Um, Taylor Mead, who was one of. Uh, one of Andy Warhol's actors and a poem poet in his own right appeared in the party scene in Midnight Cowboy. The last thing I saw him in, and I forgot, he was one of, he was one of those kind of that guys. He was in the very last segment of Coffee and Cigarettes, the Jim Jarmusch. I'll have to revisit it. Yes, uh, the very last one, which is a fun film and kind of hit and miss, obviously, with the pairings of people. And for you soap opera fans, Gene Cooper who was on The Young and the Restless for a thousand years. And I'm always intrigued when when it's mostly TV actors and actresses, and I always go through and see what other films they did, if they what films they did, like feature films. Films like Frozen Assets, the the sperm-doning film with uh, Shelley Long and Corbin Burnson, uh, The All-American Boy. She was in the, she was, I think, one of the victims in the 1968 film The Boston Strangler. With a young, not young, he was getting was he older. Was also restless? He was not restless. But yeah, Tony Curtis had re, re, <laughs> reshaped his image. He broke away from all those romantic comedies of the 60s, which I don't make you, I don't, I don't want you, you don't need to see those, Kobe. I don't think Bianca wants to see those no. either. No? I, I, 60s but, romantic comedies, different time. Totally different. So, some like it hot ought to be on there. But that's that's fifty nine. But I mean stuff like I mean, oh, but, and then stuff that wasn't Operation Petticoat. Okay, fine. You know, just make waves. Don't make waves. Well, actually, there's a trampoline scene with uh, with uh, the former Mrs. Polanski in that. Sharon Tate. Yeah, never mind. Rent that. Um, she was also in Tony Rome, the Frank Sinatra detective story. So, but yeah, that also, but yeah, Boston Strangler also had Henry Fonda and a pretty creepy 1968 thriller. All right. Plug the, plug the blog once more. Uh, cinematicmusic.blogspot.com. And, uh. Let's let's hear some words to live by. Silent breed is people. Zardoz has spoken. I'll uh, I'll go into the archives and talk about a Midsummer Night's Dream next week, hopefully. 1968, 1968, Dinah Rigg oh, and Helen Mirren. Yes. And, so uh, there's a cliffhanger. The one that also has Judy Dench and David Judy Warner Dench in it. and David Warner and Ian Holm. There's a cliffhanger. So, until next week, my chat with Jason Mewes will be next week. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Kobe. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI, HD2 The Point, and WFYI.org. And I guess Kobe would say, go Pacers. Going back ceaselessly into the past. And good night, Fort Myers. Good night, Fort Myers. We go. And Kobe and Bianca.com. <laughs>